Welcome to Orla's Happy Hormones Podcast. I'm Orla, your resident tree-hugging, lemon-sucking, garlic-crushing hippie. Talking all things female health and wellness. I hope you enjoy. Hey, and welcome to episode 74 of Orla's Happy Hormones Podcast. And how's everybody doing in lockdown 2.0? This year has been a strange year, hasn't it? There's been a lot of ups and downs and curveballs thrown our way. For me personally, I think I'm used to, I've become used to the whole rigmarole of where we're at with COVID. One of the biggest lessons I've learned, not this year, but in my life, is to always expect the unexpected. And I've really had to adopt that mentality over the last few months. But I think because of that, lockdown 2.0 wasn't as big of a surprise for me. And because I'd done a lot of work in lockdown 1, I think I was more prepared for lockdown 2.0. So yeah, I'm, for me personally, I'm actually going okay. Yes, I'm missing clinic and my hands-on work and touch therapy and I'm really missing the gym. But the benefits of it, I got to take a couple of weeks downtime, which I really needed for my mental health and my physical health. And then I've gotten back sea swimming which has been invaluable to me. The days that I don't go, I really feel the difference. So I do try to go every single morning. I'm very lucky. There's three There's three guys that are there every morning, older men, older gentlemen, should I say. And they are, they're my biggest cheerleaders. <laughs> when I get there, they just start laughing, joking, slagging with me about what's to come with the water and telling me I have to stay in for 15 minutes and a good look. If I last two, I'm very proud of myself. But there have been days when I wanted to get out after two minutes and they've been there beside me and encouraging me and clapping me on and keeping me in the water. Just by talking, laughing, joking, connecting as human beings. And I met these men purely from the swimming same spot every morning same time and I haven't been in a few days and I know when I go back I'm going to get a roast in they're going to say that I chickened out because of the weather whereas I didn't it was due to an injury (laughs) but I'm looking forward to getting back and meeting my cheerleaders again but during lockdown 2.0 I had to purposefully seek out the things that brought me joy and I spoke about that in last week's episode around overwhelm and finding the things that bring you joy but I won't get into all that because I've already gone into that this week I am talking about health and how it is very subjective and very personal to every single individual on this planet I feel that we are bombarded with so much information loads of information around healthy foods diets supplements 
what this type of food will do for you, what that type of food will do to you or for you, not to you. And I feel it's, there. there's no wrong answer when it comes to health. Now I know that's a bit of a blanket statement because obviously there are certain factors that the general population we can look at and be like, actually no, that's really not good for you. That's if you're eating McDonald's or Supermax four or five times a day, if that's your only fuel source or meal food source. Yes, this isn't going to be very healthy for your body, but in general, when I say there's no wrong answer, there is no wrong answer for an individual. There's no right answer for an individual. Well, there is a right answer. The right answer is what is healthy for you? What is healthy for the person? And this comes down to not just food, but also supplements and herbs and lifestyle and mindset even. There's different approaches for everything in life. And not everything is going to work for everyone. Not one specific diet or one specific supplement or lifestyle choice or mindset is going to work for everyone. So we have to look at us, the singular, you as a person, and find out what is it that's healthy for you in those four areas, food, supplements, herbs, lifestyle, mindset. What is healthy and what is beneficial for you and what is not so much unhealthy but unsupportive for you. So looking at the first port of call or food. What is food? Food is a fuel source. We eat fuel, fuel? (laughs) We eat food to fuel us, to give us energy, to be able to get through our days. That's its basic function. Now, when it comes to food, speaking as a foodie and also a feeder, for me, food is one of life's greatest joys. There's so much pleasure in food. And combining health and taste and pleasure with food is really important for me. When I changed my diet, I think it's seven, eight, I've lost count, seven, eight years ago, I did it for health. I've spoken about this loads of times, but I, between all my gynae problems, skin problems, I had extreme amounts of inflammation in my system. So while studying nutrition, I decided to do a really strict diet. I cut out wheat, dairy, sugar, gluten, yeast. Wheat, dairy, sugar, gluten, yeast. There's something else in there that I cut out and I just can't really remember right now. But I went the whole hog and I did it for six months. And yes, it served its purpose. It really helped with my gynecological problems. I, the inflammation reduced. My periods were, I didn't even know when I'd gotten my period. It would come. The only way I would know is if I went to the bathroom or I could feel it coming, physically coming out of me. Whereas in the past, it would have been, I would be bent over for a week beforehand. And then once my period did come, 
it would be vomiting, diarrhea, bilious attacks, the works. So yes, that diet served a purpose and it really helped to reduce inflammation and to get me back to a place of health, physically, but not mentally. That diet was so restrictive and I became very dogmatic in my thinking and in my approach to life and even in my approach to clinic. So I was still in college while I was doing this and we had student clinics and I couldn't understand why people just wouldn't do this diet. When I'm like, this will fix, this will help you, this will support your body, you'll come back to a place of balance. It's the best thing since sliced bread, excuse the pun, because I gave up wheat. But I was very dogmatic in my mentality. But that's because I saw that it worked for me. But I am someone who can become extremely obsessive around things. And it was only in later years, I would say within the last two years, where I have become a lot more gentler in my approach with food longer with clients because I saw straight away that this isn't working for clients it is too restrictive it's too hard and it's taken an awful lot of joy out of people's lives having to follow a very rigid diet and then knowing that once the diet was over they were going back eating everything that they would have been eating in the past so I had to learn well not that I had to learn but one of the things I learned in college was being a naturopath my first job is to be a teacher so we need to educate people around food and that's what I try to do and just because I follow one diet it doesn't mean that anybody else should follow the same diet so personally my diet right now is predominantly paleo now I say predominantly because again I'm a massive foodie food again brings me great pleasure so there are times when I find it hard to avoid certain foods not even avoid them like it's easy for me to avoid foods I just don't have them in my house but there are times when I just want that simple pleasure and I'm very much aware that it's an instant gratification but I'm doing that from a conscious place. I'm not mindlessly eating these foods that I enjoy. It's a conscious choice. But for me, the diet that I am on, like I said, predominantly paleo, that supports me. And the reason that supports me is because of the conditions that I have. So I have gynecological problems. And I also have an overactive thyroid. So paleo suits me because grains are really hard on the digestive system. They're really hard to break down. And they can also cause some inflammation within the lining of the gut. Which can then lead on to leaky gut syndrome when we get leaky gut syndrome you're then risking an issue with possible autoimmunity so i'm not saying grains are bad for everyone but for someone like myself who has inflammatory conditions who has a thyroid problem i know i have to be very mindful of the foods that i'm eating also with thyroid conditions we're looking at gluten and casein these inhibit proper thyroid function so I know that I can't consume a lot of these without my thyroid acting up and I know when my thyroid acts up I'll get really bad tremors 
my eyes will start bulging out of my head. My hair is, starts falling out a hell of a lot more. And muscle atrophy, and for me that's a huge thing, or like it's a huge problem because I lift weights and I love a muscular f- physique um, on on everyone. On, it, it, when I say on everyone, it's like I just admire a muscular physique because I know the amount of work that goes into it. Personally for myself, I find it attractive on me and on other women. So yes, out of vanity, I tried to keep my thyroid in check. It's not purely vanity, it's for health. It's 80% health and 20% vanity. Because when I go into stages of muscle atrophy, it really brings me down because I work my ass off in the gym. (laughs) But knowing the foods that are right for me is important. And looking at my family then and my clients, every person that comes to me in clinic and even my family when I'm looking at their diets, I'm looking at what foods are going to support them. So my father has a bit of a hair problem. And so I'm looking at the foods that are going to support lower cholesterol, and going to support his blood pressure, going to support the reduction of plaque buildup. And his diet is completely different to mine. So for him, we need to look at reducing out his red meat consumption, his saturated fat consumption increase in his fiber for me i have to look at reducing out grains reducing out inflammatory foods i also need to look at increasing my fats because fats are one of the keystones for proper hormone production and function and your thyroid is hormones and it's the same with clients what is going to support the person how is their body working? What is their constitution? What is their physiology? Not all diets support every person. As well, look at the likes of nuts. Nuts, one of the healthiest snacks that you can have. If I eat cashews or walnuts and I don't have my EpiPen, I'm dead. <laughs> so that's not healthy for me. Looking at potatoes versus sweet potatoes, it's a huge, there's a huge argument over which is better for you. And there's, but when you're looking at that, you have to look at the macro and the micro content. So the macronutrients, yes, if you are weight training or if you're looking to drop body fat or you're looking for more energy, if you're an endurance athlete, if you're someone who is working night shifts, long hours, have a family, have kids, we're looking at what's going to support you energetically wise as opposed to someone who has a health condition when we're looking at potatoes and sweet potatoes again I am someone with an inflammatory condition potatoes contain high amounts of salicylates so they're actually not healthy for me yeah potatoes are really rich in vitamin c and they are a health food but for me they're not so I opt for sweet potato and then looking at the likes of potatoes and root veggies and carbs carb rich foods if you're diabetic type 1 and type 2 these foods aren't going to be good for you you need to be looking at higher protein higher fat foods so when it comes to food and everything we're looking at the person so always remember that so when you see the next superfood or the next 
fat, no, I'm not going to say fad diet, but the next thing online about how healthy this is and everybody should be taking it. Always ask yourself first, what is my constitution? What is my body like? What is it that I work best on? Is this going to support me or is it not? When I say do a little bit of research, just do a little bit of research. Find out what works best for you and then read up on all these quote unquote superfood diets and if they are actually a supportive diet for you. The same goes for the likes of supplements and herbs. It's why when I'm talking about herbs on here on the podcast or on Instagram or Facebook, I'm always saying never self-prescribe because herbs have a physiological effect on the body that can be a positive or a negative physiological effect. It's the same with supplements. Not all herbs and supplements are going to support someone. One of my favorite herbs is Melissa. So that's lemon balm. It's a beautiful nervine herb. It is a an antiviral herb. It's really good for people who have gut problems, but nervous anxiety gut problems. Fantastic herb for kids. But then, and it's also a fantastic herb for anybody who suffers with hyperthyroidism, so an overactive thyroid, but detrimental for anyone who has hypothyroidism or Hashimoto's because lemon balm inhibits the production of thyroid hormones. So although it is a lovely herb, very gentle, very good for the nervous system, if you are someone with a low thyroid function, it's going to lower that function even further, worsening your condition. And there's loads of supplements out there that actually contain lemon balm. So always reading the ingredients on your supplements and finding out, is this going to support me or is it not going to support me? I always say to people to actually book in with a a healthcare practitioner, either a nutritionist, a dietitian, a herbalist, naturopath, acupuncturist, homeopath, someone who is trained and qualified when it comes to nutrition and supplements to get advice because when you do go to a healthcare practitioner they're looking at you as the individual and they're going to be able to tell you what your needs are it's why I don't really like multivitamins because multivitamins you're throwing everything in you're throwing everything and the kitchen sink into your system and you may not even know what's what's in it really and but you may not know what's going on for your body a lot of multivitamins, they contain a lot of fillers, so you're not really getting good quality nutrients from them. But then as well, you may have some condition where a vitamin or mineral is actually aggravating you. What I see is a lot of people are taking multivitamins and then, especially women, they're taking multivitamins and then they're taking extra folate on top of it. Whereas in fact, then they're actually getting double the dose of folate, which could be problematic in the long run. Same as your B vitamins. If you have too much B vitamins, it can be quite problematic to you or for you. So always reading the ingredients and not just buying a multivit because someone told you to buy a multivit. Go and get the supplements that are going to support your health needs. For Again, for example, myself, I take certain supplements that are going to support me. I take methylated B-complex, digestive enzymes, probiotic, omega blends, 
vitamin C, glutathione, and zinc. Now, the vitamin C and the zinc are two reasons for immunity, but also extremely antioxidant. And the zinc also has properties that help, not properties, but zinc is a mineral that is needed for proper ovulatory function. So for women who may have ovulatory problems or hormonal conditions or who are trying to conceive, zinc may be a good supplement for you. But then on the flip side of that, zinc has been shown to increase testosterone. So if you are someone who has androgenic issues, zinc may not be the right supplement for you. So again, it's all down to you as a person, your constitution, what it is that's good for you. So the supplements I take, I take for my specific health reasons. Always look at your, always look at the outcome. What is it that you're looking for from taking a supplement? Ask yourself, what is it that you need? If it's that you're tired, your energy levels are low, don't just go and take a multivitamin because you're throwing, like I said, you're throwing everything and the kitchen sink into your system without, you may not even need it all. Finding out exactly what you're lacking in and supplementing with that, that's what's going to support you. And then the same goes for lifestyle and mindset. Health is subjective when it comes to lifestyle and mindset as well. When I look at exercise, I remember a lot of people, when I first started weight training, people would say to me, oh, don't get too muscly, don't bulk up, don't become too manly looking, all that. And I, in the beginning, it bothered, for the first six months, it bothered me. And then I realized it's very hard for me to gain muscle. It's very hard for a lot of people to gain muscle, actually. But people, I remember certain people who were close to me were saying that I was doing too much and it was very, it was a very masculine sport. So I was tapping, I was tapping more into my yang side than my yin side and I was forgetting about my femininity. And I could understand where they were coming from, from an energetic standpoint. But the benefits that I got from weightlifting were phenomenal for my head wasn't yes for my body I started weightlifting due to injuries to to remedy my injuries but for my head the benefits were huge I remember going to a massage therapist who was very in tune with um, energetics and I remember her saying to me keep weightlifting you need that grounding the heavy weights that was pulling me out of my head and bringing me down back into my feet and into my roots. Uh, I've done yoga on and off for years. I love yoga and I also hate yoga. (laughs) I love yoga when I'm doing it consistently and I can get into a flow of it. But yoga, for me, I remember being in a yoga class and the very last pose in most yoga classes is Shavasana. And that is where you lie down flat, arms open, legs relaxed, slightly bent outwards. But you're in a complete open, vulnerable state. Anytime I went into Shavasana, I started crying and I became extremely uncomfortable and feeling vulnerable for possibly two days after. And I 
could never understand it. It's only in recent years that I know why I get like that because it's a very open position. You are letting yourself be vulnerable. You're letting yourself be seen. You're letting yourself be open to anything. Now, yes, it was in a safe environment in a yoga studio, but my body didn't feel safe. So my nervous system was reacting, but I didn't understand that back then. I know now. So yoga is very beneficial for stretching, for the body, for the mindset, for calming the mind, for slowing down. And I do love it. But I benefit more from weightlifting. So I do my weightlifting on a daily basis and then I will incorporate yoga and I will incorporate stretches. But I do know that there are certain poses in yoga that don't support me, be it physically or emotionally. The same comes with meditation. I love meditation, but I can't, I hate it. It takes me a long time to be able to switch my mind off and I end up getting frustrated by it. So it's actually having the opposite effect for me. It's why I prefer yoga over meditation because I find it's movement meditation and I'm really concentrating on my breath and my movement. And that's getting me out of my head. It's the same with weightlifting. Weightlifting is a form of meditation. You can't have your head in the clouds when you're weightlifting. You're concentrating on your breath work. You're concentrating on your movement patterns. You're making sure your form is correct. You are counting your sets and reps. You're completely engrossed in that moment. And that's what I love about it. It completely gets my head to switch off. Then the sea swimming. For some, it's amazing. For others, it's not. A couple of years ago, there's no way I would have been able to do, to do sea swimming. Simply because I, I was too thin. My body weight, about four years ago, I think I was, no, before about five years ago, I was under 50 kilos. I remember weighing in at 49.5 kilos at a competition. If I'd gone sea swimming then, I wouldn't have had the tools to be able to cope with it. And as well, because I'm a very stubborn woman, I tend to push myself beyond my limits. I wasn't aware of that back then. I was just stubborn back then. Now I know why I'm stubborn and now I can catch myself and pull myself back. But the sea swimming will benefit some and not others. Now as well, I can't swim. I I can swim, I can paddle. I can float, but I won't dive into the deep end. I will stand beside a railing and I will hold on if the tide is really in and if I'm at Black Rock, whereas if I'm at a beach, I'll walk into my waist and I'll dip down, knowing that I'm safe. And then that brings me on to the mindset. Mindset is huge when it comes to health. When we're looking at our mindset, we're really looking at how we perceive the world around us but it's not just the mind it is a combination of the mind and the body and the nervous system some people's constitutions some people's mental health some people's life experiences traumatic experiences has will condition them to be one way or the other when it comes to their mindset for doing things either all or nothing or slow and gentle I know personally for me I'm actually a bit of both and I know that is somewhat contradicting but in some areas of my life I am all or nothing 
so the likes of my diet again quite a obsessive person when I get my head fixed on something and I have had to learn to become a little gentler with myself so that I don't have massive rebound effects but that's something that I'm aware of but that's for the likes of my diet my training my work etc but even with that I have to look at what supports me what methods support me best through those areas too so I'm someone who if I'm for example if I have a personal trainer or if I have a business coach or a nutritionist if I have someone there that I'm working with I know that if they are constantly giving me the hard love and pushing or shouting or being somewhat not controlling but very not very harsh but harsher in their approach with me I completely back off and I become very small and mouse-like and I retreat within myself if I have someone who's trying to hammer home an opinion to me and even if they're bringing it from two even if they're bringing the two separate arguments but if they're being somewhat harsher or aggressive in their approach again I wither in there's loads of times when I'm talking with my sister about any topic really and if she becomes quite passionate about it she can really get going with it and I can feel my body completely sinking into itself now what I've learned over the last couple of years is to well not actually that's a lie what I've learned over the last six nine twelve months is to be able to say to her babes I'm I'm feeling somewhat triggered I'm feeling somewhat attacked I know you're not attacking me I know you're just passionate about this subject or this topic but can you reel it down just a little bit because my nervous system is having a response I know my nervous system gets triggered really easily especially in certain scenarios so I know that I need a gentler approach when it comes to certain things when it comes to conversations when it comes to looking at changing something in my life yes I need to make the the hard choice and I will go all or nothing but the hard love doesn't get me there it's the gentler approach you'll see it the same with a lot of personal trainers some will shout at you and roar at you and give you all that motivation to keep going and to not be a little bitch and all this and for some that works really well for my brother that's fantastic he gets off on that for me it's like no I need the gentle encouragement I need that softer approach so knowing for yourself what it is that you need if you feel that hard love tough love makes you shrink then maybe it's not fully supportive for you if you feel that a gentler approach is better for you that you actually get more out of that then look at ways that you can support yourself or get people to support you from a gentler way it's all about what works best for you we're all humans we're all individual we all have our own different 
ways of life. We've all had different upbringings. We've all had different scenarios happen. We've all had different traumas. So we've all been conditioned in very different ways. So knowing how to work with our ways is knowing how to get to the outcome that you want, be it with food, supplements, herbs, lifestyle, mindset, be it with your whole health. Because your health is very subjective and very relative to you as the person. It's something that I had to learn over the last few years. Like when I was in college, I learned about all the foods and supplements and everything that's good for you. And I became quite dogmatic in my approach for the first couple of years. But then I had to unlearn some of that stuff and really remember to really look at the... Now, one thing I was taught in college was we're looking at the person as a whole. And that is true. So for me, when I'd be prescribing herbs and supplements and food, I'm looking at just the herb supplement food side. I was never fully looking at the mindset side. I was never looking at their emotional state. I knew it was very important but I was never actually focusing fully on that so now when I'm looking at people I'm actually looking at right how can I support this person from what way can I support this person what is it what approach does this poor person need and then I work back because I'm looking at the person's emotional state their emotional constitution and how things are going to work best for them and then we can put in all the other stuff the food the supplements the lifestyle but the first thing for the first thing really is knowing what way a person needs to be supported for them so for you finding out what way you need to be supported can really help transform you into or transition you not transform but it can really help to transition you into a place of health for you and that health that's really going to support you sit down write out a list ask yourself how is it i like to be approached by people how is it do i that i like to work with people what is it then that i know is going to be beneficial for me food wise what health conditions do i have that i need to support then look into what is it that's going to help support those specific conditions and then you can look at your food choices and then you can look at some supplements. When it comes to herbs, you do need to see a herbal practitioner, same as homeopathy, acupuncture, all these things. But finding out what's going to support you from what direction, what point is first and foremost. And then things can start falling into place for you. So that's it for this week's episode of World is Happy Hormones. I hope it has helped. So for now, happy Friday and happy hormones. <laughs>